Welcome to Open Minds with Holly and Mark. Hi, Holly. Hello, Mark. How are things? Things are all right. It was kind of a heavy week, but... What was so heavy about it? I don't know. If you don't mind me asking. I don't know. What What was heavy about the week? I guess it wasn't really heavy. I guess it was just really long. I'm excited to 
to hear something interesting and something weird. Me too. I'm very <laughs> excited. Good. Tonight we're going to be talking about um, do we exist? That's the topic of tonight's uh, show. Do we exist? It kind of came about last week. We were talking about it a little bit if you listened. If you didn't, shame on you. Go back and listen. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't guilt you into listening to it. I sh- you should want to. Anyone. You should want to Don't listen to it. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> I didn't say it. It's like an attorney saying it and then striking oh. it from the record, but it's still out there. Let it be stricken. <laughs> stricken from the record. Well, well, do you have anything you want to talk about? You know, maybe set the stage for set what the we're stage. what we're about. We've got some guests on the line tonight. I'm really excited to talk to all three guests we have um, tonight. And um, before we get started, I just want to throw this out there. If, if you want to be a guest on future Open Lines with Holly and Mark, please send me an email to artbellisdead at gmail.com or send me a message on Instagram at artbellisdead is our username. Do it. <laughs> what, what are we going to talk about next week? Do we even know? I think, I'm working on a few things. All right. Well, it's, it's kind of up in the air. If you want to be on uh, next week, Send me an email. I think one person's already lined up for next week, so... Yeah. Um, it might stick with the theme, it might not. It might not. We might just do a true open line. Yeah. Or maybe we'll start with no theme and see what happens. If you have something you want to talk about, something you want to get off your chest, some crazy thing that happened to you, some weird thing that you can't explain, or something that you think you can't can explain, let me know. We'll line it up. We'll get you on. Yeah. That's the, that's the sales pitch. Now, what are you, why don't you talk, talk about something interesting? Something interesting. Here's my weird thing I found out this week on my, in my Google searches. Whatever rabbit hole I end up going down. Um, so with all the talk about the royal wedding and all that, I don't know. I was kind of into it, just kind of picking up weird YouTube waves or whatever. But um, I actually found this blurb about how Prince Charles talks to his plants. What? Yeah. Like, he went on the record, um, some magazine in the UK country something or whatever, I don't know, and he was talking about how not only does he talk to his plants and give them encouragement, he also finds it very important when gardening to instruct your plants on how to... How to make you happy? Be a better plant. <laughs> how to how to grow? How yes? How to how to uh, synergize with the other plants in the garden? That's interesting. I know. Because, Would you have because, ever guessed that he was such a an, a nature enthusiast? Well, I mean, take Prince Charles out of it. Just the fact that uh, the thought of telling your plant, like giving your plants, a better idea of what you expect from them. Like yes, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> I'm a lifelong advocate of plant sentiency, yeah. so I just thought it was way, I just didn't, I can't take the Prince Charles factor out of it, because <laughs> well, of all of his Illuminati ties and all that, all the other conspiracy theories about the House of Windsor and all that, but seriously, don't just encourage them. Provide them with instruction. Yeah. It's important. I, I know. I, I kind of do that. I mean, it's, I don't <laughs> I don't so much um, provide my plants with instruction as I do just say encouraging words. Or, like, tell them how good they're doing and how tall they're growing and how big their buds are. <laughs> <laughs> and 
how, how great it is and how happy I am because of it. Yeah. And then when they're not doing so well, I'm like, come on, girl, you can do it. Yeah. But I, I, I'm going to start maybe instructing them, maybe maybe taking a more uh, straightforward approach and letting them know what I expect of them. There you go. Like a royal. <laughs> well, anyway. Let's, let's get to tonight's show, shall I, we? It's consciousness-based, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so what do you think? Like, like, what, what's the, like your take on consciousness? I always talk to plants. I mean, my take on consciousness. I don't know. I'm, I'm just exploring this idea where um, it's it's becoming more widely accepted that consciousness doesn't actually take place in the brain at all and is somehow kind of off-site. Like, um, like if you take a hammer to a radio and destroy the radio. I mean, yeah, it's not going to make the sound, but it wasn't really the thing that was making the sound in the first place. It was merely the transfer. The tool. Exactly. So that's kind of where I'm interested in exploring. Um, life, I've often a, a thought life people as a simulation? are tools. Tools. All right, Mark. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious, though. Yeah. Like, like as transistor. a radio, like Say as a, a okay, a transistor like, hey, as a radio. Like, I've often like, thought you're a tool. So, so what? So wait. So what are you? Are you saying that, like, um, that consciousness, our consciousness, are, are we just like, is there is there a certain channel that you tap into that's your individual consciousness, or is like consciousness just being made up of like whatever you're pulling out of the waves around you? Well. The one theory I heard was that it's kind of like a fish in the ocean. If you're a fish born into the ocean, you're not really aware of the water, and yet we're a conscious entity in a dimensional field that is made of pure consciousness. So what what's what's the idea of self? Is that the is that the human brain? Perhaps. Like taking consciousness as its own. A singular perspective yeah. of the same. Interesting. Possibly. Interesting. But, um, yeah, let's talk to Deb. Let's talk to Deb. Deborah Mars is um, on the line with us tonight, and we're going to see if this works. We're going to hope this technology comes through. Are you there, Deborah? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, hey. great. I'm coming through. <laughs> awesome. Well, awesome. Mike Yes, my take is that everything is alive and conscious, and we're part of that flow, and uh, a lot of this is being proved now in science. It's something that I've always felt was the case. Um, I'll go back a little bit. I think I've uh, shared with you an early inquiry into the whole topic because I was fortunate or not fortunate enough to have a father who ever edited what was appropriate to say to a child. And my, my father at five said, you know, you might not really exist. You might just be in somebody else's dream. Or maybe I don't exist because I'm in your dream. And he said, told me to never trust reality that we never know what reality really is. And um, he was a scientist when I was younger. He later became an architect and designer, was um, disillusioned with science. But 
he did start my inquiring mind, which tended to go off in different dimensions and float around anyway out of my body quite early. So, um, how old? How old were you? Did you say? I was five when he told me that. And as I said, he he never really talked to me like a child ever. Um, so, uh, it I've always since then wondered what the real nature was re of reality was and and the, i remember going to school wondering whether this was really just a dream but anyway i digress the one thing that i feel is just quite amazing um is that now having proven that what was originally called the ether field um, to use one of your favorite terms, ether, um, is <laughs> considered just the field or the quantum field or the source field. Um, it's been proven that there is this whirling mass of energy in which everything is contained. And there have been, you know, I could go on about various experiments and whatnot. But one of the things that, that has, to me, really, really is out there and amazing was um, some years back, the experiment by some Russian scientists taking, uh, creating a vacuum so that there are only protons within this glass bulb, large bulb, and uh, then they put in some human DNA. At first, of course, before the human DNA, the photons were random. But when the human DNA was put in there, then the photons lined up with and patterned themselves after the human DNA. And it just shows that our DNA uh, affects everything out there and um, protons and light and vibration are what the universe is made up of and we're made up of DNA so it's it's quite fantastic I really do think that we're in a simulation but we're in a, a living simulation there you go those are <laughs> interesting and, uh, yeah, so the other thing is, is that, you know, everything is just energy and waves. And uh, another experiment about us being part of this living universe was uh, scientists taking um, and isolating in a, in a sealed container um, DNA from a newborn and um, having people who were known to have, uh, you know, real focused or psychic abilities send energy at it, whether it be negative or positive. And just the thoughts, um, when it was negative, the DNA curled up really, really tight. And then when it was positive, it it became it unwound and became very receptive and almost looked like it was going to replicate. So it just shows that we absolutely affect 
what is around us and what is around us affects us. Um, you know, even though he couldn't really stand the whole idea, Einstein used the phrase of spooky action at a distance. Well, there you go. <laughs> well said. Well said. That was, that's, that's perfect. That's the same exact thing that I've been kind of... <sighs> yeah, I, I knew you would deliver that perfectly um the well, you field everything that's amazing i mean and just to be exposed to it that young and have someone kind of um Absolutely. open your mind to that whole whole world so young has um obviously helped you develop quite a quite a spiritual and thank you even though my father mind Thank you, Holly. Even though my father was an atheist, but he was an open-minded atheist and a curious atheist. But, um, <laughs> but then all of my adventures um, in the different dimensions and spirit world became, you know, it wasn't because I knew it was out there. It was my own discovery. So that was very special, which is why I must have chosen my parents. Um so, yeah, I, I think that I was given a gift very young. And I did start out, by the way, as a science, as a physics major in college. But they did not really like my inquiring mind. And I decided they didn't deserve me and went to art history and ancient civilizations and design. So, anyway, wow, there you so go. Just like your dad, you became disillusioned with the science field. I, I absolutely did. I absolutely did. And, um, you know, I explained to them that everything was connected and I could see it was connected and, and they were still of the mind that, you know, the universe is out at that time, the people in charge were the mind, the universe is out there and then there's us being separate. <laughs> and I disagreed. So there, I want to, I want to, when you say that we're living in a, a living simulation. Yes. That, or, well, the, the what is, universe... What does that mean exactly? What does it mean? Okay. What it means is that there is actually a system or technology involved. Um, everything... Um, the... Everything can be broken down like fractals um, into small little bits of energy that are self-replicating uh, and um, are st the whole is broken down even to the smallest, smallest particle. It involves the whole just like a hologram. You take a little piece of the hologram, and if you put it under a microscope, you will see the whole image. And I really, really believe that the universe is the same way. And what I'm saying is that because everything was once connected, and as we know in the dual proton, um, uh, photon rather, uh, uh, experiment, that um once something is connected it if you change something to one particle the other particle 
is affected. So we were all once a ball of, of potential energy. We were all once connected. And the universe grew out of that. So we're all part of that connected consciousness. And the entire field, the energy field, the source field, or the ether as it was once called, is all potential consciousness. It's all um, light and vibration, sound. It's sacred geometry, uh, which all comes down to numbers. There are all these numbers that move throughout and sounds that move throughout the universe that can be replicated and are infinitely replicated down to the smallest, smallest bit, like a hologram that you see do within... You think, do, you, do you think there's a like a grand architect creating this, the program or the simulation, or is it something that's... Or when you say living simulation, is that like it's creating itself? I believe that, you know, that's where... I, I believe that it keeps creating itself. It's now self-creating and self-replicating. Um, whether there was an initial consciousness, super consciousness, of which now we're all just particles of that consciousness, you know, I'm really not 100% sure of that. But I definitely feel and see and move out into this field of consciousness. And this is, of course, where we also can um, uh, access the Akashic Record and all information. And it's why scientists and people get the same ideas at the same time around the world. And, um, you know, it's... A very interesting paradigm that's for sure and I believe that the, the one part that I'm not a hundred percent sure about is the original part of the grand consciousness I now believe it's it's a shared living consciousness whether it was at one point you know a unified consciousness I think that that's really the case that we were all part of a unified consciousness, and now we're with we're particles that have separated off of that, and yet are always joined. And what one of us does, another always affects the other parts. So, just I'm I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. That's, yeah. That surprises that's me right. not. <laughs> <laughs> How it started doesn't really matter. We're here now. We're here now, and everything, we're a mirror for our thoughts and our feelings are a mirror for what's going on in the world. And this is really not a belief anymore. It's an actual proven technology that um, just like those experiments where someone's thoughts affected DNA, we affect our surrounding. That explains how prayer or something that I do, distance Reiki, really does actually affect. You know, there's there's um, a particle field around. There's a conscious flowing potential energy field that picks up everything and vice versa. 
yep, that's kind of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. I think yeah, a lot. No, this is this is great. This is, I mean, what you say like just resonates. Um, so Wonderful. true to me right now. Well, thank you. I, I wonder. I wonder what. Uh, th and thank you so much for joining us. And, and if you don't mind sticking around, maybe um, depending sure. on what these other guests have to say, maybe we might want to have a little bit deeper conversation. Um, so thank you, Deborah. This was I mean, like well, you're, you you're kind of blowing my mind. That. I'm definitely going to have to replay and uh, process yeah. to process it all. Amazing. Hannah, are you there? I'm unmuting myself. Is it? Did it work? Hello. Yep. I, Hi. Hello, Hannah. Yay. Hi, Hannah. Now, do you Hi, guys. have a different take on existence? Uh, okay. So, like, everything she said is 100% accurate. I will not dispute anything that she said. I, I, I came into this conversation kind of prepared to sort of discuss um, whether or not certain perspectives help or hinder us in our progress um, personally or communally. In other words, I'm worried about certain people having this belief. Like for most of us, we can sort of philosophically decide whether or not we're real or in pretend or in a simulation or not whether we're, you know, virtual reality or et cetera, et cetera. This is all very, like, important stuff for us to understand, um, maybe on a spiritual level. But I get concerned when I listen to Elon Musk talking about how the fact that he thinks it's, like, one in billions chance that we are living in reality, that we're not in a simulation, it makes me uh, a little bit nervous, and this is why. Because what makes you nervous about it? You, th this is what makes me nervous about it. Because of who he is, the power that he has, the decision-making that he has, and what does it mean if a person in those positions of power thinks that we are all just avatars, figures, characters in a simulation that he's running or that he's the central figure of. In other Maybe words, if we're all side of, characters in his story arc. Right, and even if he does, if he thinks he's a benevolent dictator or if he thinks the god of his own universe, either way, he's like Ego in Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Like, he's like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's too much um, association from humanity to hold this consciousness as a literal truth when you have that much power to shift humanity as an individual point of consciousness. Did that make any sense? Yeah, I see where you're going with it. It's like to use your fish oh, yeah. metaphor, it would be like a ginormous whale in there. And it's like a whale that gets so big every time it moves, it displaces all of the other wildlife in that region or potentially like, sloshes the water up onto the land and causes tsunamis and destruction everywhere it goes like is this part of humanity i don't know maybe but i don't want to be around it like if we're in a simulation i don't want to be in the one where elon musk has that much power 
You don't want to live in a simulation where Elon Musk has the... Wow. Yeah, I'm wrapping my head around that. Because you don't really want him to be the whale. But that's also kind of an evolutionary factor at play in the... And I mean, if it's a simulation, is it a game? They're talking about collective consciousness, right? If we go back to collective consciousness and every species, you know, on a quantum entanglement standpoint, every species, when it advances, it advances across all of it, you know, all of its iterations, let's call it, right? So, uh, you know, a beetle that develops an immunity to a certain pesticide in one area, all of the beetles will develop that immunity intergenerationally through epigenetic change. This has been proven time and time again. Okay, this is just our way of observing in our biological construct how quantum entanglement, quantum enmeshment works and happens. We see it in our biology. We see it in our choices, like she said, causing freedom in our, in our DNA space, opening up. You know, those epigenetic changes are healing. If we think of ourselves as individual points within that consciousness, and humanity is one of those individual points within that collective consciousness, well, humanity is bossy. Humanity is direct. You're, you're back now. Lost your phone. Sorry. Yeah, a, a phone came in. I'm sorry. Um, okay. At any rate, what I'm saying is humanity takes up extra space compared to the other um, species and entities that are in this realm, let's say. You know, every other life form or, or creature existence in our um, observation seems to find some sort of balance, equanimity within its environment. Humanity just sort of goes where it wants to go, does what it wants to do. It is a directive or expansive or uh, assertive energy. And to me, that's the part that we are supposed to watch out for. That's the part that we're supposed to bring into balance. And so, yeah, I, I understand where you're. I understand where you're coming from. So let me. So you're the the scary part of this of the belief that we're in a simulation is that nothing at, where nothing is real is that there's the potential for a, a megalomaniac or somebody to like. Or humanity, let's just say humanity is in general to discount well, everything else except for themselves because nothing else, nothing's real. So you kind of lose like a moral, your moral sense. Okay. So this is, think about this, like it has to do with perspective and highest good of all and what, what people do when they think they're trying to do good. Okay. Um, obstetric medicine was you know, built off of a, a white slave owner opening up his slaves and then buying more slaves to open up. And he basically just operated on them until he figured out 
how to not kill them. And then he sold that to white patients. Like he thought, I guess he was doing something good. The broader iteration is we don't know because we're not far enough out. We know there's a lot of good, there's a lot of bad that came from that. It's perspective. I think, I guess it has to do with weaponry. If there's a sociopath, a psychopath, someone who's homicidal or dissociative, and they have a handgun or a knife, they can do X amount of damage. If that same person is a dictator of a large nation with thermonuclear weapons, well, their perspective and their personal philosophy has uh, broader implications for us as a species and also the other collective consciousness because, like I said, humans are giant creatures flopping about in reality, you know? Yes. I don't know if this is making any sense at all. <laughs> I do. No, you are. You're making sense. It, it is. I mean, um, I mean, it's it's just there, there are things. It's like it's like what what Deborah was saying, where how how we're all how, about a, a living simulation. Like there are people that could take advantage of it if that's the belief. If it is indeed a simulation, like you like you could. But I don't know. Like like I guess it depends on what the program is. You know. Yeah, I think that, that, I mean, that's the whole thing is like, who, who is, um, who, who's benefiting from this thought process? And like, I do spend time contemplating this. I'm not saying that we aren't, and I'm not saying that we are. I'm not even afraid to think of the contemplation that I may be in a simulation in any role or capacity. Like I said. I just have concerns when I hear people that are in positions of power stating things like this because I think it's destabilizing to humans in the material plane who don't have a personal grounding spiritually, who maybe don't have a good social network, who maybe don't have solid mental health. Like you all of a sudden tell somebody who's not super stable that their reality is not real or that worse, they're living someone else's reality, like, that could be a toxic thought for a lot of people. So, I don't know. That's, when you guys started talking about this last week, I was kind of amazed, because I do actually spend a lot of time in conversation with friends about this, and I just think it's funny that other people think and talk about this kind of stuff, and it's just interesting to hear all the different perspectives from uh, this one little area <laughs> yeah thank you for sharing that it's um <sighs> yeah I mean I keep kind of I, I have thoughts as you're talking and then when I go to say them I'm, I'm not quite sure how to articulate them either but it is something that um we talk about quite often for me it's kind of um I find kind of a positive way to look at the weird coincidences and um, I've referred to them, them before as kind of pranic affirmations like when the universe throws you something su such an inside joke in the form of someone reiterating your exact thought or whatever like if you would try to explain it to someone it would never be as cool to them as it is to you um, like the I mean the synchronicity thing 
Yeah, and like the only person that could write an inside joke so perfectly and so succinctly would be myself. So sometimes I wonder if I'm writing my own script, kind of uh, controlling my own simulation, bringing challenges towards me that that I find interesting or that I kind of set a precedent for in my own primordial stage. I, I don't know where I'm going with it. Well, let but me ask you something. If you... Holly, if you like when you're in that moment of like thinking of you're pulling these things self to these things to you now put yourself in a position of power like Elon Musk and the great good or terrible damage you could do if you had the kind of money to pull things to you that you don't have right now to be able to pull things to you. Yeah, maybe I need to I, I guess I need to wrap my head around who is really taking Elon Musk super seriously too or maybe like, going back like to talk super, about super, is, super is there an architect controlling things right or are we all do you guys ever are there, are there a billion architects <laughs> controlling a billion different simulations yeah, that's interesting well well that was yeah. what I was gonna ask you did you did you guys ever read those Orson Scott card books the um, Ender's Game and like Children of the Mind Speaker for the Dead all that stuff did you read those yeah yeah like I think of Jane, Jane. No, I didn't. The, yeah. Well, just I mean, basically, it's uh, super smart kids in the future that are trained to, you know, fight aliens for humanity. Like it's, you know, basically, if you grew up as a super smart kid in school, it was sort of like what school felt like for you anyway. <laughs> you know, like battle right. school felt like regular school. Um, but so you anyway, think there are people out there that might not be able to handle that message. Um, whether it's true or not. Whether it's true or not, or have the yeah. emotional intelligence to. Like, well, at that point in, human in humanity's. Yeah, like in that point in humanity's development, they had expanded onto different planets, but they had expanded humanity into different planets based off of. Um, wiping out a, a pre-existing intelligent race. They basically just stole their infrastructure and, and like just, you know, put their... It was like the metaphor of like just building suburbia over Indian burial grounds kind of a thing, you know? Um, but like intergalactically or whatever. And every sort of microcosm of human culture would have their own planet. So there was like a Polynesian island culture planet and there was like a Mandarin Chinese culture planet and there was like an Celtic Irish culture planet. And because uh, this is like, I think I've since found out that like Orson Scott Card is probably super racist. Yeah. He's super like like interested in like genetic lines and like weird kids and like and I'm going yeah super Mormon like I you know because you read stuff when you're a kid and you don't whatever anyways the whole point of this bird walk I swear I think he yeah yeah might super, be Mormon super, but I believe like Rosicrucians super, also have a similar um, origin myth where you know races kind of emanated from different solar areas oh um, sure sure and yeah I'm yeah, and it is. It's, it's kind of, it's a fine line between um, kind of the rudimentary way of looking at things. And yeah, it's, it gets to some borderline weird racist stuff that 
I wonder how did we grow up with that and like not <laughs> yeah but like they had that whole planet they had that whole planet that was filled with you know basically genetically engineered humans that were bred to be super super um uh smart but they were also given like wicked ocd mental illness handicaps like they were given right. the tool purpose, of the shackle at the them. same time yeah and i'm just like looking at it and i i don't know i feel like humans do a lot of doing before they figure out whether or not they ought to you know what i mean like we sort of go, this looks fun, let's do this. And then it's after the fact that we realize we've run ahead and, like, you know, set the forest on fire. We didn't realize, you know. And I guess that's just, that's my whole point in, in, in this whole discussion is that, like, we, even if we believe that we are a simulation, we ought not act like it is. Because there is, I mean, you know, game over. How many hearts do we have? How many times can we reboot and start over? Do you really want to live with a bunch of people that don't care what their long-term consequences are or feel like your reality is not as important or valid as their reality? I, I guess what I'm saying is these are important discussions to have because I feel a separation happening in our communion. And this is one of those reasons why is because we've built these virtual relationships. And so we don't feel that real human connection. And so then we doubt our own reality because we don't feel our humanity. Well, you just blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was... Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Hannah. That was... That was a fantastic and poignant perspective uh worthy of sharing thank you for that insight that was awesome yeah yeah oh, you, oh you'll, you'll stick around <laughs> don't you? so we guess we want to talk to you i'm in, in a few listening yes okay. i will sure okay cool please i want to hear from everybody all right thank you thanks so much like i think oh, i have one have to go back and re-listen to this episode yeah at the very end, I do want to blow your mind one more time just for the synchronicity okay. thing, but I'll say it for the end because it's quick. It's totally <laughs> okay. quick. Awesome. We'll do it then. Let's talk to Shell. Let's let's hear what Shell has are, to say. Are you there, Shell? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Shell's calling in from Australia. Hello. Hello. Um, yes, sometimes I... Sometimes you feel like you... So, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, thank, thanks so much for joining us tonight. You're welcome. Um, sometimes you feel like you don't exist, don't you? Absolutely. Uh, but I think that it's, going back onto what the other ladies said, you're talking about uh, a conscious level of humanity where people don't care if you exist. like, And you're giving away your power of the vessel that you've been given as the body as the mind and the heart and the able to breathe oxygen and you're in this atmosphere of the universe that is losing people's concept of you have that power. You don't need to give Elon Musk that power or you've got to generate your own 
energy and electricity that you've been given just in this vessel for one one lifetime and turn that around into away from yourself of ego or um, I don't know to to be in a more community aspect where you you're not the only vessel that's here there's plant life there's air there's microscopic there's all those generational things that come through but it's not being utilized by the human race and the, they haven't concept the brain to believe in the mind power and and some people aren't able to do that but those that can do it and who are enlightened and think of grand concepts and you have to be able to put that into a perspective into the body and the environment that you live in currently to evolve the species, to use your gift that you've been given to benefit more than just the self. Right, right. And, and I think you have a, a unique perspective because you are so much anchored in earth aren't you like you spend a lot of your time in, in, in the earth. physical in, world in earth. i'm sitting in a paddock they're out there picking the beetroot and the carrots there's life around me there's talking to my talking to the plants you know like you just finished talking to the plants but you've you've got to be benefiting and and taking some sort of energy from the from the universe don't give someone else the power to control your own destiny make a good effort and the world sort of is turning around that there is no conscious level of community anymore there's no relying on everyone it's a dog eat dog like screw everyone i don't have the loyalty i don't have the time i'm too busy like get past that around that there's there's air and there's out here, you can see the wind blow. You can see the clouds moving across. You can see the climate change. Um, everybody that's living in these pent-up cities, they don't experience that grand atmosphere that we're actually living in. And you get whether it's do we exist or I float around. People don't care whether I'm here or not. Like I, I don't put on a show. I don't. It doesn't really bother me. It bothers me personally and emotionally more that. Other people don't give the same sort of commitment or loyalty or peace to the earth. And you've got to remember that it's a, a huge conglomerate thing and there's a butterfly and a ripple effect where that's something that you do in the environment or within your headspace or your thought structure. That becomes a reality and that trains that next generation of thoughts to revolve around what that is planning but if you're so fixed on I'm more enlightened or I'm more smarter I'm not you know I'm smartest one here or I've got this to complain about or this complain about you're not taking in the grand picture of what the environment actually is the earth and the water and uh, the soil and if you don't look after it you'll lose it and then if and if the world doesn't use their brain for a higher better good and and the socially acceptable concepts of how people treat each other, how they associate with other people, how they build a community, how they ignore a community, how they bring down other people. 
then that's going to just be a ripple effect of people don't respect one another. So I, I, I try not to give someone else that power over my thought process because I have the choice and the universe has given me the choice to think of how the neutrons and the protons and matter and dust and everything comes together as energy um, that we need to be able to utilise that for the greater good of humanity because we're meant to be the smartest animal, but by far we're not. Um, yeah, my, my views are just probably a lot different to what other people in grand cities and things like that, we, we make out a conscious effort to do well and do well at it. Um, but you you do you 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 do be, it believe in the power of being able to manifest things, correct? Like 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 you, like you said, Absolutely. like you think it and it create and it and it happens. Um, That's right. How do you? Yeah, but you, but you can send energy. You can, no, I think you can just send energy. You, you've just got to have that that thought process to be able to illuminate. Um, what not only is for the better good for you as a personal individual self, but as a grander scheme of how it all comes together. Like there is no, without atmosphere, there is no earth. There is, there is no air. There is no water. Without water, there is no, you know, soil matter that can grow, that can, it all sort of works in together and everyone's sort of got this, grand plan that it'll take one special person to stand up and say oh this is how it's going to be but in the in the mainstream your society's already dead and dying like it's already lost those conscious perceptions of be moral have manners um have etiquette have respect for someone else like um i, I think the the main thing that i really noticed when i came to america last year to see you all was that it was such a different country to the colon colonies to the british colonies let's not forget australia is a british colony so we we have such a different perspective on life and i really realized what a racist country america was like there was so many diversional aspects of america but the middle white classes and upper classes they look down on other people that were the hard-working foundation of the country like that really was something that I I noticed and and I thought you know, we're, we're losing that humanitarian touch you you're losing that's the the ability to have to actually care what happens to someone else without saying well how's it going to affect me um just to want other people to have good air clean water and and leave the planet and, and be reincarnated into something that is more beneficial and and whatever else is on the steps outside the universe, into the planets, into the atmosphere. Like, you can't be naive to think that there is one person sort of guiding it. There's something out there. There has to be something out there because you – there is no man-made object that can replify, rec like, replicate – the trees or the ocean or the biodiversity that's in it and 
So there's there's such 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 a higher power working against to against humanity to try and say, well, you're missing out on the whole circular atmosphere that we we live in, and you're trying to make some generational person, whether it's Russia or America or South Korea or North Korea, or, why are you giving them that that much power over so many different people or and and instead of letting the society get down to uncontrollable anarchy where there's riots and there's massacres and there's things like that, you've got to be spending more time with those individuals who don't have that higher capacity to evolve and learn and do something in their lives. Gotcha, I gotcha. And I, I've noticed that, so all three callers definitely agree with the etheric field, um, that energy uh, impacts everyone around it, um, the whole kind of um, that experiment um, that Deborah was talking about, but also it's similar to like the water droplets uh, reacting emotionally, that whole kind of feel that we definitely um, whether we have an individualized consciousness or not, we still our energy still affects the energies around us. So everyone has definitely agreed on that. Um, yes. Yes. I'm sad. I'm sad to hear that. Um, I guess that you experienced racism in America too, and just observing it. And uh, I know when I was younger, I always thought that a, a utopian society existed, and it wasn't a matter of um, whether it existed or not, it's just how I was going to find it. And then the older I got, I realized, oh, you know, it might not actually exist it at all. Um, and so as I noticed the communities kind of divide up and not having that solidarity um, in, in actual physical, personalized relationships in my neighborhood anymore. Um, I've really found that the internet uh, has allowed more of that utopian uh, ideal to come forth than I than ever would have existed without it. Um, and, and just I just wanted to share that I found so many beautiful people uh, to connect with here in the ether. And um, what was my other thought on that? I'll say all. Just that I'll I, hail I, I the, see where algorithm. you're going with it, Shell. I'll hail the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm, I'm just some little farm girl. I'm just some little farm girl. You know that. I um, I try to stay away from all the the bullshit that goes down. Um, because I can't change. I can't change people's rationale. I can't change what other people think or half the world. And there's so many millions and millions of people. And if you aren't sort of joining together as a collective to say, well, there's got to be a better way than the way we're doing it now, then you, you, you just got to, yeah. You say you're a little farm girl, but I know you're a brave worldwide adventurer. I'm so tough as, you know, I'm yeah. tough as, that's right. <laughs> I on the plane. Better. I know better, Miss Shelley. That's right. That's right. You do. I'm going to teach you who these people are. <laughs> um, so, but um, I, I have a... Yeah, go. No, go ahead. 
No, I, there was a delay. I didn't hear what you were saying. Go. No, what, what were you? I wasn't going to say anything. You, what are you probably because I've got nothing, nothing really valid. I probably have nothing really valid to say. So I'm going to say. I have a friend. I have a friend here, Alana. Um, she's Hello. she's way on mimsical things. So I'll I'll let her have a little chat to you. This is Mark and Holly and Deborah and Hannah. Was it Hannah? And Hello, everybody. Yes, Hannah. Hello. Hi. This is this is my friend Alana. She comes to help me when I have to go to work and yeah. pick up the children. Um, only three minutes, guys, as I have to go. But we will um, send some links to Shelley about David Icke, Field MC McConnell, maybe some David Hawkins for little Shelley on the reading list this month. Maybe uh, some Able Danger, you know, beautiful, beautiful. So we'll get her onto some of that reading material. And uh, this month's book is actually called A Fortunate Life and it's about the colonial uh, hardships here in Australia. We're in a very, very strange little political climate at the moment. Wonderful to hear of uh, Bell's legacy still continuing. You know, rest in peace. It's only April, still raw. But really great. Thank you. I wish us all the best in the future. I do have to dash, but we will, yeah, put out a reading list of things to listen to and topics. Um, this is my first time I've heard you guys and what a blessing you are to the world. And we'll talk to you later about how the moon oh, is based. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we definitely I love want to this. talk to you again in the future. Yeah, I'm fascinated to hear all about your side of the world, definitely. Yeah, happy travels, guys. Blessings to y'all. So that's that's my friend Alana. So and she's being a good girl now. She's going to pick the children well, up from school. A good wife. <laughs> she's a good friend. Well, yeah, Michelle, thank you so much. Um, hang out for a minute. I might bring you back on here in a minute. Thanks so much for for coming on. Hey, um, okay. Um, do you have anything you want to talk say at the moment, Holly? Like we've just heard from three people from three completely different walks of life. From three different parts of the country, um, pretty much. Like, what do you think? What do you? What's your take on all those? I kind of, I kind of gave my take. I, yeah? I mean, it's it's your own take. It's <laughs> okay. everyone's own take. I, I agree. But here's some perspectives. I agree. Um, food for about the synchronicity uh, thing. Oh. Yes, I'd love to come back in. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to add now that you've uh, heard everybody talk? Yes, and I really appreciate everything everyone was saying, and all very valuable. For me, I took what I was saying as how much power we all have as an individual for positive change at such a very large level, um, simply by the power of our positive thoughts, and um, that also the idea of a simulation doesn't mean that we aren't actually real and, and a simulation it's a living simulation uh, as far as i think it's using a word because we are used to the internet and games but that is very rudimentary um you know we only had this for a short time and the actual way that the patterns and whatnot of reality are on a much higher level than that. And it's actually quite a beautiful 
thing that your thoughts and when they're positive it's beautiful when it's negative it's it's obviously not but i i believe that each of us should um as shelly was saying we own our power for our thoughts that we i find this a very empowering thing i do think that there are some people who are unbalanced and whatnot when they hear this they think well it's all just a game and then there's no consequences there's actually lots of consequences um it's not really a game um it's much more than that the idea though is that there are set patterns and and ways that the universe functions and that this incredible connection and I must also mention the fact that we're talking about humanity and I'm talking about the universe, which is so much more than just humanity, goes so far beyond. And so we definitely need to focus love and positive energy and going into the higher dimension fields. And, and that's the whole thing is that there are a lot of people right now that are really working on raising the vibration of our planet and beyond. And, um, you know, so if we can, in a positive way, align ourselves with thought, I think that's really great. It, it is, of course, something that is quite important, and I totally understand the concerns about certain people that you may not think have the good of all in, um, in mind, when they're thinking on a large scale, I can understand the concerns. I absolutely can. And I just wanted to say for Shelly that, you know, I'm from New York City and I've always had friends from all, you know, economic backgrounds and all colors. And um, my parents made sure that I went to a public school that was not quite primarily white um, and racism and kids that aren't born to right right no well said they um like I, I think I think everybody here is in agreement. Yeah, <laughs> I think, and, so. and I think it's such great a great uh, perspective that oh, everybody's yeah. kind of bringing to to bring like this whole conversation together. Um, what did you wanted to add something here at the end, didn't you, Hannah? Yeah, I just wanted you guys to have a little synchronicity moment, which is that I knew I I would um, be calling in today. You know, we scheduled it so I'd be available and everything. And this morning when I woke up, you know how you get like Google photos will send you like this day a year ago, this day two years ago, et cetera, those little like notifications. Um, uh -huh. The one that came up for today, this day, June 3rd, 2017, so last year, was my posting um, because you guys, um, Holly had dropped off that basket with all of the lovely medicine in it and the flower crown, the wreath and everything. It was like, it was the day when I really felt like the universe or God or source, my higher power, spirit, fairies, God, fairy godmother, you know, Jeebus, whoever came down and brought like abundance, connection, communion, 
divine fellowship right to my doorstep. And like the fact that it happened exactly a year ago today to when we're talking again about this like really deep esoteric like weirdness is just like the universe looking at all of us going <laughs> I love it. I love it. You are the Jacaranda Moonbeam and the creation oh, is rolling. My sweet and thank you I all so much. So- Thank you. Oh, thank you all so much. Are you you still there too, show? Yes, yes, I'm here, and I fully agree with what Deborah and Hannah said. Like, there were so many good points. I just want to thank you all so much for being here. Like, this has been like one of my favorite hours ever. Amazing. Well, remember, I'm not in. Just, re- just reflecting on what you said, Mark. I'm not in your continent. You said from all sides of the continent. I'm in my own little continent over here. Big so. <laughs> uh, And it's still daylight here. Did I say that? Our no. neurologic, neurological reality tunnel. I think that's the <laughs> reality tunnel. Thank, thank you for joining so, us in the ether. I really appreciate all of you. Much love thank to you. all of you. Thanks Yay! So we appreciate you. Oh, thank. Oh, that was fun. That was, awesome. that was way fun. Um, what do you think? Like, is there anything else to say after that, or uh, what else can you say? What after else that? can you say? It's been said. Thank you, everybody who joined us live, and thank you, everybody who's listening later. Um, next week, watch us on Instagram. We'll have a topic. Come up with something. And please, I don't know, we'll talk please, this one. please join awesome. us. Like, like it's so fun. You, you don't even know until you try it. Don't be shy. Send me a message at Art Bell is Dead on Instagram. Art Bell is Dead at Gmail Listen to the past episodes. Own Listen to your future episodes. Own your motherfucking avatar. <laughs>